Thank you for choosing the Abide College Ministry podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message inspires and challenges you. What's up, everyone? What's up, everyone? What's up, everyone? How y'all doing? Good? All right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. What's up, everyone? Um, as you can tell, it is not Blake up today. I'm somebody different. My name is Zad Demock. For those of y'all who don't know me, for those of y'all who do, I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. So three things about me. Oh, that's one thing about me. The other two things about me is I'm a selfish young little man, and that's going to tie into the message. And then the second thing is I like to work on myself and pray that it hits you too. And so kind of the message, we're reading out of Philippians 1, verses 12 through 19. So I'm going to go flip there real quick. All right, and so the main message for tonight, and I didn't really even think about it while I was praying about it and writing it out and stuff, but the main message for tonight is that selfless people advance the gospel. That is on screen. And so, um, and so with that, I'm going to use verse 19 as like a catalyst of what to pray for tonight. And so the verse 19, it says, for I know that as you pray for me in the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. And hopefully I will deliver this message the right way. So we can pray one more time. Just for me and my nerves a little bit, and then we'll get started. So you bow your heads. Dear Lord, we just thank you uh, for waking us up this morning, starting us on our way, God. Thank you for those little minor detail blessings that we miss, God, that we can see, that we can hear, that we can taste, that we can touch. All those intricate things that we don't even think about anytime, Lord Jesus. We thank you for those, God. We thank you for allowing us to be into this place, brothers and sisters, one by one, just to worship you and encounter you tonight, God. We know we're two or three gathered. There you are amongst us, God. And so we're thankful for that, Father. I just pray. And you just get me out the way. <laughs> Lord knows I'm nothing special, but you are, God. So I pray you use me as nothing more than a vessel, nothing more than an offering, nothing more than a mouthpiece just to proclaim what you have to teach us tonight, God. And so we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for dying on the cross for us. And it's your name we pray. Amen. All right. So there's a man by the name of William Tyndale. And uh, I love this. I have a book it's like called The Voice of the Martyrs. And so it's just about people who have been suffering or died for Christ. It's a really cool book. It's a little sad, but it's really cool, too. Um, but there's a man by the name of William Tyndale who's around the 1500s. I don't know my church history like super well. So if you do, like, don't judge if I get, like, a detail off or something. Um, but what was so cool and I think what's, what's so special about what we're doing but also what the message is about is, like, there was such a selflessness in his love for the gospel and his love for the Bible. So the Bible was only written in, like, Latin and, like, the crazy languages none of us know. And he wanted to actually bring it to the common vernacular or the common language. It's English. And so, um, and they he went back and argued. He had to flee England. He, like, he was persecuted. Like, bro- his brothers and sisters died trying to get this accomplished. And he himself was even martyred for doing this. And there was just some selflessness about it that he wanted to not only give us the word, but give us the gospel. And so, with that, I just, I just, it just shows the importance and treasure of the Bible. I mean, Jesus himself says, says, man does not live off bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That all word, that all the words of God are God breathed, that he inspired them all for our correction, for our reproof, but for us to treasure and for us to learn about him and know about ourselves through him. And so I love that we just get to dive into the word. I'm a man, I just like to read, and as the spirit hits me with it, I just wrote it down. And so we're going to get kicked right off uh, with verse 12. I'm in the NLT, by the way, if you care. Probably don't. Um, It says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Um, And so my first point that I kind of got, you know, studying and reading up and praying and stuff was to count it all as joy. And so 
It's so crazy, this little message. I mean, as Blake's already mentioned, but if you haven't been here and you didn't know, Paul's in prison as he writes this letter to the church of Philippi. And so that's already crazy in of itself that he's writing. Like, everything that's happened here is to help spread the good news. Like, he's in prison for this. And, and, and I was just kind of thinking, you know, like, and, you know, we kind of live in this mindset of, like, Jesus is, like, in certain places in certain times. And like that's it. Do you ever feel that way? Like, if I feel good, then I feel God. But if I don't, it's like, nah, he ain't here. No way. Like, tonight, you can definitely tell he's here because it's really lit night and I'm speaking and stuff like that. No, I'm sure. But, but then some of the times you're like, there's no way God's in this place. There's no way God's in this moment, in this atmosphere because things are just too hard or blah, blah, blah. And I just love how, I just love how he counts it all as joy because here's the truth about it is God is omnipresent. I mean, God is everywhere at all times. And that should give us one that probably should put us a, a little fear because I've done some stuff in private that I'm like, ah, he saw all that. Um, but it also should bring us, uh, I think, joy. It's because Jesus finds every intricate detail sacred and important. There's not a day that goes by. There's not a class that goes by. There's not a moment that goes by that he doesn't see as sacred and important. That he doesn't see you as sacred and important. And so even in those times where there's suffering, even in those times where there's hardships, even in those times where there's great joy... He's in the midst of all that. And so through it all, we count it all joy because he's using it for, for the betterment of us. And said, like, obviously, I don't know a lot of, like, I don't know the fullness of God. Like, duh. Like, I don't even know the fullness of half my classes. So, like, it's definitely no, I don't know all about God. But what I do know is what he says. And so I'm not going to try to speak for him, but I'm going to try to speak of what he's spoken. And Romans 8.28 said he will use all things for the good of those who love him and are called in accordance to his purpose. That we can count it all as joy because God's using it all as joy, not only for himself, but also for us. I'm not trip over that. My gosh. Um, and so he's using it for us. He finds every part important. He finds everything important because life ain't always going to be rainbows and butterflies. I know some people like to think that, but that's not the case. At times, there's going to be more tears than there is laughter. At times, there's going to be more hurt than there is happiness. I've kind of gone through a little season lately of that, just a little funk, just a little slump, just kind of out of it, questioning, questioning, doubting, but we see we can count it all as joy. Um, Paul himself, um, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, this is what he has to say, and I thought this was absolutely crazy. He's, he's kind of like proving himself. I think people have been doubting him, so he's having to like prove himself, like who he is and what he represents and stuff, and so it says... Um, says, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long during many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep warm, to keep me warm. So I don't think anyone's had the Paul life. If you have, I feel very sorry for you. But even in that moment, even with all that going on, he's writing to these people in a prison where it ain't just like some simple prison. I'm sure he was beaten. I'm sure he was stripped. And he's saying, everything that's happened here is to help spread the good news. Everything here has helped to benefit me to grow more in Jesus so I can give more people Jesus. And so I'm just asking people, don't, to like, not, not, not let those details be bad. That God uses every detail, the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, it was shown one time, he kind of showed me one time, he's like, 
and through a Christian rap song, it said, maybe your weakness is the greatest thing you're here to, you're here to solve. That even, even your weakness, even the things you struggle with the most, God has used those to maybe point other people who aren't aware of those weaknesses to be aware of those. That he's used those things as things you are here to solve. And so it's crazy how he uses every detail, every moment, every part, but every part of us, too. Um, but another thing, though I can't speak for God on why certain things happen, I can tell you this, that Jesus suffered with us and for us far more than we will ever suffer in life. And that's, that's good news right there, that Jesus suffered for us and with us. So that's the first one. We want to count it all as joy because Jesus counted it all as joy to suffer with and for us. They became the perfect example, going through every temptation, every struggle, everything we've ever gone through. He went through all that as well and overcome it all. So we have a perfect example. But then he suffered for us so we could have a perfect sacrifice. And so I pray that's all taken to our hearts, taken all to our hearts. So that's the first verse. The second verse, it says this. It says, for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. So I have a friend. Um, <laughs> um, she has a sister. Uh, and sister, she's a character. She's hilarious. Um, she claims to be vegan. Now, I'm not here to, like, to dog you if you're vegan. I'm going to eat my meat, but I'm not going to dog you if you're a vegan. I'm not, not doing that. But she's, she's like a vegan. And it's so funny because I'll hear stories. I'll hear stories about, because she's also one of those, like, don't label me type people, too. So it's like, how are you? Like, they don't make, anyway, so it's so funny because uh, she told me one time her sister was, like, making cookies about to eat them. And she was like, can you not, like, have that? I mean, that's like dairy. There's a lot of stuff in that that you cannot have. And she goes, well, I can have whatever I want to have. And it's just like, what? Like, no, you can't eat that. Like, or you get that. There's stuff you can't eat if you claim to be vegan. And so it always cracks me up. But then I started thinking, like, how many of us, like, do that? Because, like, nobody told her to be vegan. Nobody's forced her. Nobody put a gun to her head and said, you can't eat meat. Like, she chose this on her own. Chose to be vegan. Chose to, like, have this kind of lifestyle. And, and she goes back on it. And so and how many times have I done that in my life with my Christian walk? You know, like, I claim Christ. But then there's certain things like, well, I can do whatever I want to do. No, you can't. Um, just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> but, but we live that kind of lifestyle. Are we living those like, don't chain me in this or don't label me in this? Like, oh, we're not dating. You're not dating? No, we're not dating. You do more than my mom and dad do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like stuff about it that's just like, and not like a call out. I'm just being real. Like, what are you going to call it like it is? You know what I'm saying? And so like, <laughs> you might have to delete that. Um, so anyway. <laughs> But you know what I mean? We have this idea of like we don't like we don't want to be late. We don't want to be stuck down in this. And the one thing I love about Paul, and the one thing I love about Paul is he's a, everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And in just my life, like I want my life to preach that. Like, so many times my life does it, but I want my life to preach that to where if you see me, you may hate me, you may love me, you may care less about me or care more for me. But I want, I want my life to scream. When you look at me, he goes, I don't know if I believe what he believes or not, but he all about it. That he is chained in Jesus. 
Whether you want to join me, you want to want to rave for me. I want people to know that I am chained in Christ. So that's the second thing is chain me in Christ. See, Paul was never going to unchain from Christ even though it brought him chains. He's like, they know exactly why I'm here. And they're going to forever know why I'm here. It's because of Jesus. And that's what I want my life to bring. And if you claim Christ, that's what I want your life to bring. Is I am chained in Christ. That I claim him. I am unashamed of him. Through temptation, through pain, through praise, through suffering, and through high achievement. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. You know it's about Christ. You know it's for Christ. And you know it's through Christ and by Christ. Every part of my life, that's what I want to claim. And I pray that that's your prayer. That's your heart. Because here's the thing about it. We want to, I want to stay chained to Christ. And my prayer is that you want to stay chained to Christ because he stayed chained to us. In Matthew, I didn't have it really all typed out for me, but in Matthew 20, 26, 42, it's when Jesus is in the garden. And this is what he says. He says, then Jesus up for the second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. He's in this position, he's in this predicament where he can leave whenever he wants to leave. It's the night before he's going to be betrayed, the night before he's going to suffer for us, suffer with us. And this is the moment he can leave. It's the moment he doesn't have to claim what he's been claiming. He even tells him, I could, I could call down a legion of angels, wipe these people out, and I'm gone. Like deuce. I ain't got to deal with this crap. But yet, right here he says, but if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. That he wanted to stay chained to God. That he wanted to stay chained through the mission no matter what it brought him, no matter what he had to go through. Because he saw the benefit of doing it. He saw the benefit of doing it. And as weird as it is, he saw me as the benefit. He saw you as the benefit. Now you probably can give him a lot more than I can. But he saw us as the benefit. That he stayed chained to us. He stayed chained in this moment this one chance he has to leave, he sticks because he sees us, and he sees the glory it can bring his father. And so he stays chained in this moment. In Isaiah 53, flip there real quick. In Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 7, it says, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yeah, check this out. Yet, it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep in, in silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. That everything he's carrying, the ugliness of him was not him. The ugliness he carried, everything he carried that was ugly or despising about him was us on him. And yet he carried it as we turned away from him, as the, the nails in his hands and his feet are from me and from my sin. As everything is from me and from y'all that we put upon him and we turned away as if it was all all. That's what he did. But yet he carried us without saying a word, without going back, without changing. He stayed chained to us. 
The least we can do is stay chained to him. The temptation ain't going to be good enough. It may feel like it in the moment. It ain't going to be good enough. That moment's going to pass. This life's fading. The world's falling away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. It's hard, but it's worth it. Just as him doing it, he's all worth it for us to be with him. And so I pray my, uh, the second thing is we'll be chained in Christ forever unashamed, regardless of what's going on. Mm. So verse 14, I didn't want to make it like a huge thing, um, but I did want to mention it just because that book I've been reading kind of my heart. It says, because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. And um, this one just kind of hit me about persecution. And so, and I know like, we don't really deal with that around here. Maybe you have, if you have, like, you can talk to me about it because I haven't really faced any persecution here. I don't know if y'all have. Um, but there's like brothers and sisters all across the world who are being killed daily for their faith. And I just kind of felt it in my spirit just to ask for us to pray about it. I mean, the, the problem is I, I told you I'm a little selfish dude. I don't know if I pray for you, you, or you, any. So I never even think about them. But there's people who are dying every day for the faith that we get to come in here and just chill with. And so I think it's just a prayer for them. But I think the second thing I just kind of want to say is to never be afraid of persecution. To never be afraid of mockery. To never be afraid of anything like that. There's so many promises Jesus lays out in the Bible about it. They're like, it's good for us if we go through that. So never be ashamed to go through that. But another thing, Lecrae said this in a song. He said, I guess they figured if they kill us, then we'll cease. They forgot this problem started when they crucified our leader. And it's, it's this crazy paradox that Jesus like, brings, not only with the cross, but also with persecution. It's like death brings life. Captured brings freedom, and resistance breeds confidence. It's something about, like, we think, like, oh, if we're, like, in this comfort zone, then we're going to do better. But God actually uses the uncomfort of us to actually bring <laughs> the greatest out of us. And so I pray that we'll stay rooted in that, that we'll never be ashamed of persecution, we'll never fear the suffering, because um, <laughs> it always works out good for some reason. I don't know. And so, so moving on with that. Um, third point that I have is in Philippians 1, 15 through 17, it says this. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. And as we live this kind of selfless life, we see no matter what we go through, we encounter all this joy. And so being counting it all as joy, we stay chained to Christ because we know everything's going to work out for the good of those who love him called according to his purpose. But then it goes deeper, and we recognize that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. See, the thing is, like, jealousy and rivalry and selfish ambition are very destructive natures. They destroy families, they destroy businesses, they destroy, they destroy people. These things are very destructive, and so I pray that we'll always take heed of those. But, but one thing I notice is like when you do something for yourself, the first thing I kind of notice is there's no lasting value. I don't know if y'all have ever noticed that. Maybe you haven't thought too deeply about it. I have because I've been kind of convicted and hit on that I'm a very selfish dude, and so I started diving into that a little more, <laughs> trying to figure out what that looks like. And there's no lasting value. Um, Jesus in Matthew 6 and 6, 1 and 6, 5, he talks about when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pray out in public for all to hear. They'll get the reward from people. They'll get the hand clasp, but God will not give them any reward. And when he talks about giving, he said, don't give as the hypocrites do for all to see 
but give in the private so your father can give you the reward. See, there's no lasting, there's no game beyond initial empty applause when anything is done for yourself. This kind of hit me. This weird thought hit me, and I was like, it didn't make sense at the time, but I was writing it did. As Blake was like speaking, I think it was the first one, I was like, it's kind of hit me. It's like, it's like, could you imagine if you only went up there to try to be better than Blake? Like, could you imagine if my one goal was like, I'm just going to be better than Blake? You know, like, that'd be so weird, so crazy. Because, like, what, what's going to happen is, let's say it happens. Let's say, like, that's my one goal and I get it. You're going to be like, ah, oh, he was better than Blake. And that's it. There's no value. You're going to leave. Probably forget half, 95% of the words I said. Nothing's going to matter, and you're going to leave. And I'm going to have some little fake approval rate in my heart that, like, I just did something. But it's so crazy that whenever you do something for people, there's a whole, there's a whole thing about it. But if my heart, which I pray my heart is desperately, is to here to encourage you, if you do not know Christ, to maybe take that one step closer to him. And if you do t- know Christ, to take that one step closer to him, that you can leave here better than when you came here, and that you go and impact others in that way. See how much value is beyond yourself? When everything's beyond yourself, there's value because you build others up. And when you get us around you, a one-man army can't conquer the world. We ain't Captain America. He could. But we ain't him. <laughs> I love Captain America. Um, <laughs> but we're not. There's something about going beyond yourself. That even when you empty yourself, not expecting anything in return, you seem to be more full. Old pastor used to say, joy is Jesus, others yourself. And it's crazy how that works. It really is. Like, I think if I gain, 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 if I do all this, if, like, my life, like, if I get to do all this, then, like, man, like, I'll be happy. But I notice is when I actually help someone, I'm like, you just feel better throughout the day. You may not do that, but you feel better. You really do. And so there's no lasting value in doing it for yourself if it goes beyond you. See, God gave us gifts to give out. He didn't give us gifts to keep inside. He gave us gifts to give out. He had the gift of salvation already in him, but he gave it out to us. In the same way, we have gifts, and we want to give it out to people. And no gifts too big, no gifts too small, no gifts not important, no gift is too important. All gifts are the same as God put all of them in each and one of us, and they all matter. You may not be able to speak, but trust me, you probably live a lot better than I do. Being real, you know, like who cares about the talent? It's about the lifestyle that we live. And so use the gifts God's given you to give out that go beyond yourself. And the second thing is, man, it's all for God. The one who gave you the gift, the one who knows you. Especially if you call yourself a Christian, your life's no longer your own. He bought you with a price. How sweet it is to be bought. How sweet it is to be known and loved by someone so far beyond us who holds the universe in the palm of his hand. He humbles himself down to us to be with us tonight. That kind of love, that kind of giving that is all about him. We were made to glorify him. We were made to worship him. I'm a rapper, in case you didn't know. Um, I'll prove it later if you want to know because nobody ever believes me. Um, I'm just kidding. But... The slogan I try to live by, which, oh, I need prayer and living by it fully, is for the glory of the king and the benefit of the people. For the glory of the king and the benefit of the people. There was a Christian comedian. He said he used to go to comedy. He's a, yeah, a comedy comedian. So he said he used to do his shows to try to get something from people. 
But he noticed when he started giving out laughter how much joy he found inside. When he started giving his gift out, he found that joy. So it's not about us. It's all for God. So we have counted all his joy, chained me in Christ, and it's not about you. The selfless people advance the gospel because the gospel is the most selfless act that's ever happened and that ever will happen. Verse 18, and I love this. Man, I just, this is dope. Just listen to this, John. It says, but that doesn't matter. Whether the motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way, so I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. For Paul, it did not matter what your motive was. For Paul, it did not matter what you thought about it, what you were trying to do. If Christ was being preached, that's all that matters. Because that's the only thing that matters is Christ. That the gospel being preached, where us as human beings were created by God to glorify him and worship him, we chose to be like the devil, with little devil children running around. We chose to be like him, and yet from creation on, he had a plan and a purpose to come and save us, to come and set us free. I know we live in America, so we don't really know like slavery and like all this kind of stuff and like chains and different things like this, but we are chained. We were chained, and Jesus came to set us free, to die the death he didn't deserve. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of him. And for me tonight, man, I want us to hear this message. I want us to keep in reminder of this, that Christians continue to grow in love, and that non-Christians learn to fall in love with Jesus. Like, every time we hear this message, every time I hear of Jesus dying, I want to be like, woo! How many times we don't treat that? We were outside talking about football. I bet y'all went crazy over Georgia and Bama. I bet y'all went absolutely berserk. But how much more is this? I didn't have much to go for. I'm a Tennessee fan. So that's great. Um, but how much more is this? How much seriousness is this that we were dead, that we were doomed for hell for all eternity? And Jesus steps in and says, hold up, wait, wait a minute. I have a plan. I have a purpose. And I'm here to set you free. And I'm here to save you. It's my hope and my plea that if you have never accepted Jesus, that you will. And if you do, don't lose the love. Don't lose the luster of it. Remember what he's done. Remember what he's done in your life and go and live it, not for your own accord, not for your own agenda, not for your own motives, not for yourself, but a selfless way, advancing the gospel. I'm going to ask, I guess, the group to come up, band come up. Yeah, there we go. I'm terrible at endings, but I'm going to try my best anyway. And it's just my hope and my prayer. And I'm a very repetitive guy because it takes me forever to learn something, so I have to repeat it to myself. So I'm going to repeat it to y'all too. It's, man, it's my hope and my prayer that we will see what Jesus has done and live according to it. I'm so tired of claiming Jesus and my life not showing any fruit in it. Now, I don't know if you are, but I am. I am so tired of claiming him, of loving. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I think I love you. <laughs> you know, y'all feel that way? No, just me? Okay. <laughs> but then he came and he died for us. 
Um, the Lord kind of hit me, and it's crazy that the song is what the song is, is the Lord hit me with altar. I kind of like to end it because, like I said, I'm terrible at endings. I spoke like three or four times in my life, and I just can't land the plane. There's just something about it. I just talk a lot. I don't know what it is, but it's terrible for me to land the plane. But he reminded me of altar. And so I just kind of want to explain the altar out a little bit because I want it to be something we take advantage of and we love and we cherish, really. The altar, especially in the Old Testament, they used to lay the animal sacrifices on the altar. And what would happen was the fire of God would come down and consume the sacrifice. It would consume the sacrifice. And so as we kind of think about that, I know we don't necessarily have a literal altar, and you don't necessarily have to come down here because it might be awkward being like three inches away from them as they scream. But I pray we find that altar in our hearts because the truth, and I got to proclaim the gospel because the gospel's got to be proclaimed, is, man, if you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. You need to move into that relationship. You need to give that a chance, give that a test, give that a try. You will not be let down by it. And, man, if you are, man, let's live it. Let's live it out. Let's do what we're supposed to do. Man, I, know, I don't know if many of y'all carry it, but, man, I've been carrying just so much guilt, so much shame, so much hurt, so much just, ugh. It's been a tough semester. I ain't going to be tripping with y'all. It's been tough. Just dealing with everything. I'm telling you, I've been in a slump. It's only by the grace of the Lord Jesus I'm able to get up here and do this, John, for real. But, man, there's something about coming to the altar, to coming to the feet of Jesus to come and surrender it all to him. I hate how we get so caught up in pride or so caught up in fear that we're like, I don't want to go to Jesus. Like, ah, it's just complicated. Either to him or to people. But I pray that we'll just let down the guard, let down the walls, and just get closer to him. Maybe everything's going great, but it's still a moment to go to him. As we have a chance of one more song, go after Jesus. You have another opportunity to do it. Go fully into him.